Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It is greatly appreciated to have you on board once again, Brave the Wild. Well, the Wild played four games this past week and they went two and two. So, not quite as positive as we may have hoped, but... Overall, a positive week nonetheless. Unfortunately, though, I had the Wild going undefeated against the Colorado Avalanche. Going 5-0 and against them, well, unfortunately, thing something had to give, and it gave. Colorado Avalanche finally just shut down the Wild until the final few minutes. Shall we just jump right in? Yes, we shall. <laughs> we might as well just hop right in. Colorado Avalanche on Sunday, March the 8th, the 37th birthday of my brother. Again, another belated birthday shout-out there, even though he's not listening. Uh, Colorado Avalanche win 3-2, to two, but unfortunately this game really wasn't a 3-2 to two game until the final, like, minutes or so. Varlamov was unbelievable. And, of course, the best part of this game was the most hated members of the, of the Colorado Avalanche were the ones scoring the goals. Gee, isn't that great? Just two minutes into the game, you knew it was going to be a bullcrap night. You could just sense it. Cody McLeod scores his only his sixth goal of the season with about two minutes remaining in the first period. Yep, Cody McLeod. Lots of back and forth, grind, fighting. You know, basically classic Minnesota-Colorado the past couple of years. You know, Patrick Waz basically uh, getting in arguments with uh, <laughs> Michael Russo, all that good stuff, or threatening that he's going to sue Michael Russo for an article he wrote. Oh, whatever. I mean, this this rivalry is getting a little bit out of hand, quite frankly. Luckily, the Wild do win the season series 4-1, to one, but they don't win this game. Simon Varlamov, Varlamov stopped, well, he faced, he faced 32 shots, stopped 29 of them, excuse me, 31 shots, stopped 29 of them ultimately in the game. He was phenomenal the entire way. Minnesota made it interesting near the end. Zach Redmond scoring a goal just felt pretty soft, unfortunately. <laughs> it really did in Landisklag with the assist on that one and Landisklag scoring on the power play to make it 3-0. Really frustrating all of us. 
to be quite honest, again, fairly soft goals and poor defensive plays. Ultimately, Colorado, the entire game, you just got the vibe. Like they came in with the with the intention. We are absolutely, positively, without a doubt, not, and I mean absolutely, bleeping, not losing this game. We are absolutely not going to get swept by the Minnesota Wild this season. And it's just one of those something has to give. The Wild had won four games in a row against Colorado, or really five if you want to go back to Game 7 last year, but it won four games in a row this season, and Colorado had been embarrassed. And this was a team that was tired of being embarrassed, and they took it to the Wild, unfortunately. Late in the third period, the Wild finally score a goal. Chris Stewart with less than six minutes remaining, his 12th overall of the season, and it was a pretty nice one. And then Thomas Vanek with a tip-in type of goal, which is basically what he does. Pretty much, That's pretty much what Thomas Vanek does. 14th of the season with, well, about 50 seconds left in the game. No, not, not 50 seconds. What am I even saying? Literally about 30 so 36 seconds or so left in the game. And 39, technically, but, uh, well, you know, it, it is what it is. Minnesota Wild ultimately, well, they never got a shot off after that. They lost the face off, the puck rolled, and the horn sounded pretty much. So it was cute that we wound up making it a one-goal game, and that was pretty much all she wrote. A very, very frustrating game if you're a Wild fan. Not really not what you wanted to see at all, especially with a team that had been posting about the top power play in hockey and had shut down like a billion power plays in a row. Well, they gave up a power play. The Avalanche went one for three on the night, and the Wild, of course, did not convert on the two power plays that they had an opportunity. The Wild dominated the shots on goal, ultimately. 34, actually. <laughs> 34, though. <so laughs> Marvarlamov had 29 saves. But, yeah, whatever that means, right? <laughs> no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just BSing. But, ultimately... The Avalanche played very good defense in this game. That's pretty much the difference. Varlamov was great, and the defense of the Avalanche was way better than it had been. Blocking shots like crazy, winning face-offs, all the good stuff. The Avalanche won in a lot of important uh, categories. The Wild actually hit the Avalanche more, ultimately. And, boy, the Wild had a flurry in that third period, but Varlamov stopped all the important ones, ultimately. The Wild did not win the game. They scored on the empty net. But again, losing the face-off is not going to get it done. Losing a key face-off late in the game. Miko Koivu, well, he's pretty good on the face-off for the most part, but wasn't good when we, when we needed him most, unfortunately. So, there it is. Just a lot of things kind of gave, and that's what happened with the Wild on March the 8th. A very disappointing loss, but at the same time, you, you just got the vibe we weren't going to sweep the Avalanche one way or another. I mean, I, I don't know. It seemed like too good to be true as much as, as wonderful as it was and as w- much of a nut job that Patrick Waugh can be. They're going to squeak out one, and they did. New Jersey Devils come to town. The New Jersey Devils come to town, and it was a wonderful little night. Tuesday, March the 10th, 6-2 to two in favor of the Wild, but yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's scoring a little bit too many goals. It's like you gave up. It's like, it's wonderful that we did it, don't get me wrong, I'll, I'll take the six goals, but it just feels like there aren't that many to spare, per se. <laughs> and it's like, you, you just know we're going to get shut down later in the week, because it always seems to turn out this way when we beat up on a on an inferior team. New Jersey Devils, one of the few teams under 500 in the NHL. For, it's just how hockey is nowadays. And, the, and, and, and other teams that are way under 500, they, they kind of average out the wins and losses and such, the, the the Oilers and the and the Buffalo Sabres of the league, you know, teams like that. 
with the Avalanche, but even the Avalanche have a winning record. They're still semi in the playoffs. That was an absolute positive must win for the Avalanche at the time. Uh, Chris Stewart was a strong week, though. Again, like he scored against the Avalanche. He had two points against the Devils in this game as well, scoring a goal and an assist, two points. Jared Spurgeon, ultimately the number one star in the game, and a welcome back to him. Really, really happy to have him back on board this past week. Sean Bergenheim dropped down to the fourth line. He was completely invisible, and everybody's like, what the hell? You know, this Sean Bergenheim, it's not much of a move here. We give up a third-round pick for him, too. Is this another Doug Risborough-type trade where we give up, like, mid-round, mid-to-upper-round picks for guys that are just, like, nothings, like Chris Simons and and, and Poe? But, of course, Poe actually was a, <laughs> was a Chuck Fletcher-type move, or it was a Chuck Fletcher move. It just reminded us of Doug Risebrow because Doug Risebrow sucks. But yeah, Sean Bergenheim, <laughs> long story longer or long story short, being demoted to the fourth line and had a conversation with Mike Yo earlier in the day, played completely different. I mean, we're talking aggressive, aggressive, aggressive on the puck the entire night. Oh, and by the way, just literally one minute. <laughs> what am I even saying? Yeah, I mean, literally one minute remaining in the first period, dare I say. I keep trying to say one minute into the game, but no, it's one minute remaining in the first period. Sean Bergenheim with his ninth goal of the season and first as a member with the Wild. Eric Halla and Kyle Brozziak, his new lines mates, scoring or uh, assisting on this one. And that fourth line continues to play well, and they did tonight against the St. Louis Blues as well. Key at the end, especially. Oh, just wonderful. Wonderful uh, rebound by the Wild against the, well, New Jersey Devils. And yeah, we'll talk about the Blues later. Chris Stewart, like I mentioned, 13th assist or, or goal of the season. Pardon me. He's playing with Koivu and Niederreiter not right, right now. A pretty physical line, to say the least. Big and physical line, and they've been playing very well, to be quite honest. Niederreiter, Koivu, Stewart all pairing up on that one. Again, a strong line at this point in time. As I hope hope to not cough to death. I don't know why. I've been coughing like a nut job lately. Danius Zubris, a name that's not too familiar to me, quite honestly. Steve Bernier, who's slightly familiar. <laughs> and Patrick Elias, still hanging on with his 19th assist there, still playing at a, well, age of, at a ripe age of 38. Making it 3-1, to one, midway through the, the uh, second period. The Wild, though, scoring, yeah, like I was, I was saying, early in the, in the second period, Wild go up 3 nothing, just made you feel great. And then Zubris scored. And it kind of left you like, uh-oh, who knows? New Jersey might come back, but they probably won't because the Wild have been dominating the puck the entire night. Like, they're just taking it to these guys. Even though New Jersey got a decent number of shots on goal, you never really got a vibe like, uh-oh, uh-oh, we're in trouble because Dubnik was making it look pretty damn easy out there, to be quite frank. And he did keep the Wild in the Colorado game, even though those goals were disappointing for Dubnik standards, for the most part, in the Colorado game. But at the same time, Colorado was on a mission that entire night, to be quite honest with you. Defensively, even more than offensively. And it was just frustrating beyond belief. Thomas Vanek netting his 15th goal late in the second period. Charlie Coyle, Justin Fontaine. He's been kind of all over the place. Lately, he has been on that third line. Um, the lines are all over the place. Yep, Fontaine on the third line at this point in time. And tonight against St. Louis, back down to the fourth line. It's kind of all over the place. I've lost track of who's on what line, but then again, that that's how it goes. And sometimes he's just shuffling them during games and putting them back together. All that good stuff. Parisi, Pom- uh, Parisi, Pominville, and Granlin have definitely been constants 
on the top line. It seemed like the top six have been pretty much constants. Chris Stewart usually on the top line, sometimes on the third. Eh, you know, it's just kind of all over the place, but eh, it is what it is. Thomas Vanek, a two-goal night. Very cool. Nice to see him racking up the goals. You know how they always say it's all like a game of averages. When a guy is like not a guy that's normally scoring like 25 to 35 goals a season, and he's only got like six, and it's like January, and it's like, oh, he'll catch up. Watch, he will. Thomas Vanek again, like I said, two goals in this game, putting him at 16 and a nice power play goal indeed. Zach Parisi <clears throat> getting the puck on net. They're fighting for it. It's kind of a scramble and. Thomas Vanek scoring on the power play with his rocket shot. You gotta love that. And then Scott Gomez with his sixth goal. The very aging Scott Gomez, who was on the 2000 Stanley Cup champion <laughs> New Jersey Devils, just like Patrick Eliash, with only his sixth goal of the year. And uh, there you go. It was just kind of a, well, a semi-save face goal for the New Jersey Devils. And Devin Dubnik looked pretty pissed off when he gave up that one. He was pretty frustrated, which, that's a sign that this guy, he's just... He's just uh, <laughs> He's an absolute gamer, and the Wild are just absolutely blessed to have this man in net. He's just so... He, <laughs> he's a beast in every way. Absolutely. Um, and that's a good sign to see him get pissed off about it. Like, absolutely, I'm better than this. I have more pride. Why am I giving up this late goal? Screw that. What if it, you know, what if, what if it tied up the game 2-2 two to two against St. Louis? You know, stuff like that. That's basically how he was acting... And good for him. I mean, this guy has been, an, he's been a catalyst for this comeback in so many ways. Thanks again, Mr. Scott Gomez. One major stat of note, Sean Bergenheim, again, like I said, all over the puck in this game. Just constantly attacking the puck, attacking regardless of who has the puck. If it's rolling on the walls and he's just getting it back or he's attacking defensively or he's attacking the net. Five shots on goal for Sean Bergenheim. Really cool to see that Mikey O did light a fire under him and he responded and it's really good because Sean Bergenheim is an important player despite the fact he's not a top six forward we need him uh, we need him uh, against teams like St. Louis against Colorado Chicago let's beat up the, the the Chicago Blackhawks if we're in the playoffs with them again Anaheim Mighty Ducks pretty big and physical team you might want to have some physical players out there that aren't necessarily out there just to fight and and cheap shot somebody, break break someone's neck with a stick or something, or cause a concussion. It's more about, hey, you know, sending a message, knocking people around a little bit, showing, hey, you're not going to push us around. Don't don't try to cheap shot our guys. How, how about that? That's more what you need from a Sean Bergenheim and a Chris Stewart, who is quite an entertaining guy, to be quite honest. I like the, I like the way he's, he, he winks at people and stuff and has a conversation uh, with teammates, with opponents. He's, a, he's an interesting guy. He's kind of cool. Hopefully he lasts and, and, and the Wild keep him. Very strong week for Chris Stewart, to be quite honest. Let's move on to the Anaheim game. <sighs> yeah, the Anaheim game. Friday, March 13th, so it was a three-day wait against the top team in the Western Conference. That's fluctuated between the St. Louis's, the Nashville's, the Chicago's at one point of the season, and the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. They are mighty indeed when it comes to Western Conference supremacy at this point in time, and believe it or not, the Wild still very close to the Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> very close compared to what they were anyway. The Wild, well, they dominated the shots on goal, at least in the first period. After that, the game kind of got quite even in that category. Unfortunately, the Anaheim Ducks win 2-1 to one on, well, <laughs> the first goal wasn't so bad by Frenquist 
Witchman with his ninth goal of the season. It wasn't the worst thing you heard, and unfortunately you're going to hear Silverberg's name twice in this one. Jacob Silverberg, a valuable forward for the Anaheim Ducks. Definitely a, <laughs> definitely a valuable guy indeed. But, man, <laughs> the first goal, it just kind of reeked of... Damn it, you know, like, well, it, it, it was a screen, to be quite honest. It wasn't necessarily bad defense, and it certainly wasn't good either. It just seemed like nobody was ready for it. And yes, like I was saying, there was a screen. It was kind of a pass, and then the guy was in front, the Anaheim player, which whichever one it was, was in front, <laughs> ultimately. And Blotchman just simply put the puck on net, and Dubnik was like, where is it, basically, because of, it was a screen. And nobody was ready to try to block it. you got to help the goalie out just a little bit. It was a clean lane, clean open shot. And it's kind of one of those bleep happens types of shots. That's basically what it was. Zach Parisi, after Thomas Vanek put the puck on net, Parisi with the rebound, 27th goal of the season for Zach Parisi, 27th assist. Miko Koivu with his 30th assist on the season. He's got He's got two points. In this three-game stretch here, which is nice. It's nice to see Koivu getting some points again. It seemed like for the last couple of weeks, he went from just scoring three points, two points, you know, three assists or a goal and a, maybe a game-winning goal or two goals, this or something. Koivu had been really racking up the points. To all of a sudden, it just vanished and disappeared again. It's nice to see him kind of coming back in the fray again. <laughs> actually getting involved in some scoring once again. Again, like I said, losing a key face-off against the Colorado Avalanche just drove me nuts. I was so pissed off. I mean, you got to win that face-off. For the Wild can get some on, on goal. Maybe there's a miracle goal of some kind. Parlamov's not ready for it or whatever it is. But yeah, um, it is what it is. You're going to lose a face-off sometimes. Nice to see the Wild tie this one up literally about midway through the game there. And then, just two minutes later, uh, Matthew Dumba turns the puck over not once, but twice. And Jacob Silverberg scores his 11th goal of the season. The first turnover wasn't so bad. The second one, it was the, the classic. You have the puck behind the net. You start to skate out to either the left or the right. And you kind of make a centering type of pass to, in this case, it was Spurgeon, his current line mate. And, well, it was a turnover. It was pick, It was taken away. And Silverberg just simply shot the puck and scored. Everyone on the bench ultimately trying to encourage Matthew Dumba. But, unfortunately, this is a <laughs> costly goal for the Wild because they don't score again. They valiantly put the puck on net and all that good stuff, but they don't win the game. And huge frustration, ultimately, for the Wild in this one. John Gibson getting the job done, stopping 32 of 33 shots, stopping everything the Wild throw at him from there on. The Wild got nine shots on goal in that third period. Ultimately, Anaheim only seven. Lots of defense... Overall, the Anaheim Ducks more physical in this game. The Wild dominating in the faceoffs. The block shots were pretty even. The Wild just couldn't finish, unfortunately. The Wild with ten blocks, nine blocks for Anaheim, but the Ducks fell. It just you just got the vibe. They were the more physical team. They were more dominant overall in that category. Twenty-two to fourteen in the hits, and again the fact that the Wild won the faceoff, sixty to forty percent, thirty-four to twenty-three. Bugs bugs me just a little bit. They even had uh, five power plays in the game. They they got one, which is nice, and they stopped all three of Anaheim's. But they just you know you might you, you just you just wish somehow some way they could have scored and won more of those power plays. Things could have been quite different. At least get a point out of the game. You know, obviously 
simple math there. <laughs> as simple as it gets, to be quite frank. But ultimately, the Wild, again, just do not beat the Ducks. And everybody keeps talking about the Wild and the Ducks. That is a favorable matchup. It's favorable to a point that the Wild make it interesting every time they play them. But how is it favorable when we lose every single time? Every single time we play the Ducks, we lose. It's a three-game sweep on the season. Two to one loss way back in October 17th. Five to four loss in a shootout because our goalie sucks and we were well, we were scoring goals. Five to four loss Friday, December the fifth, and the Anaheim Ducks again in regulation. By the way, a two to one victory, March the thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth. Jason Voorhees was not in the building, but I hear he was nearby. So hopefully everyone was okay. Just to be quite honest with you, he was wearing a hockey mask. Obviously, you would think he would when he's near Extra Energy Center, but that's just a uh, that's just a rumor, though. I'm going to leave that alone before I get a little bit too uh, scary here. Ultimately, though, again, tell me how this is a favorable matchup for the Wild when they never beat the Ducks. It's like we play the Ducks and, and, and we're cursed. Like, we beat them once in a while. And when we actually win in Anaheim, I'm literally, like, stunned. Like, my, my jaw is hitting the floor. Like, what happened here? I'm so excited. Well, the Wild luckily uh, go against a team that people thought we were playing well against last year. And they seem to always beat us in close matchups like this as well. And it had been, well, <laughs> let's just say Jacques Lemaire was coaching the last time the Minnesota Wild won a regulation battle in this building. And the Wild win a regulation battle in St. Louis tonight, <laughs> Saturday, March the 14th. In a game, it looked absolutely <laughs> on paper and, well, watching it. <laughs> that the Wild were going to lose this game big time. Like, we were going to lose this thing 4-1. to one. Like, we were putting nothing on net. They were absolutely dominating the puck the entire night. But there was one thing about the Blues tonight that told me they were in trouble just a little bit. Even though they're going to put a million shots in goal, maybe eventually they'll start going through and they'll win the game. But, man, they were not sharp at all. They were not sharp. Ultimately, the final score, 3-1. to one. <clears throat> But the Wild were not sharp at all. The Wild, yeah, the Wild weren't sharp. But actually, they were sharp when they had the puck. <laughs> but the Blues had the puck like, almost the entire game. 42. 42 shots on net. 41 saves for Devin Dubnik. That is amazing. That is impressive. And this is in Scott Trade Center. I keep trying to call it Joe. I keep, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's Scott Trade Center. And boy, I like trading stocks, and it's fun. It really is. I'm seeing Sprint flashing in the background. That's one of the stocks I've been I've been in. <laughs> yeah, that might not be a bad buy right now. <laughs> okay, anyhow. But uh, ultimately, oh my, you know, oh my, Devin Dubnik. Oh, Devin Dubnik. Just, a, just an absolute hero. An absolute behemoth Goliath in the net. Oh, Devin Dubnik. Oh. Devin Dubnik, man, oh man, oh man, double D, whatever we want to call you, D40, double D, mm, 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 Devin Dubnik was absolutely unbelievable in this game, and the Wild were blocking some shots, That's, that was nice, we appreciate that, in fact, we blocked 24 shots, St. Louis only blocked 11, but the Wild only put 19 shots on goal, yet the Wild were, well, they were more aggressive in that third period. And we were scoring when we had major opportunities. Well, we, we blew it on several, but the Blues, again, were not sharp in this game at all. I mean, there, there's the opportunity, these centering passes, oh, the, he lost the puck. Um, 
Tarasenko, I don't know what was going on with him tonight. He had several opportunities to score, and he'd just lose the puck, or you would easily get the puck knocked away by a wild defender. Be it Spurgeon, be it Dumba, be it, God knows, Eric Halla. Eric Halla wasn't too sharp either at times. <laughs> and he was kind of talking back and forth with Brunette, which was kind of cool looking. It seemed like they were having an extended conversation, and then it looked like Halla was kind of agreeing like at the end, like, yeah, yeah, they kind of came to something. Uh, it wasn't like an argument, but it was like a, really? Huh. It was kind of like one of those type of conversations. Like, Brunette was giving him like a lot of back and forth on that one. First period, there was uh, uh, what a lot of people thought was a goal by St. Louis, but ultimately, oh, it didn't actually go in. <laughs> it was initially approved because they thought it was, um, it was reviewed initially because people thought it was a high stick, and they're like, no, it's not a high stick. But then, oh, by the way, the puck actually has to go in the net for it to be called a goal. So, yeah, it was reversed. And then, looked like Zach Parisi had a goal. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, but no, first, first, before that, though, before that, uh, before that, St. Louis scored right away. That was terrific. Just terrific when St. Louis scored. Davis ba- David Davis Backus. <laughs> David Backus, of all people, scoring his 23rd goal of the year. Much to everyone's chagrin in this place, in this town, this state, and uh, several wild fans in Scott Trade Center there. Oh, David Backus. Does anybody like this SOB? Does anybody like him? Uh, well, they probably like him in St. Louis, but oh my God, everybody hates him over here. He is just, he, you know, he, he reminds me of what Olin Nolan used to be like when he would just, every time there's anything going on, he would have to get his nose in it and be an asshole. And that's basically what David Backus is. I don't care if he's from Minnesota or from Vancouver, British Columbia. I, I just, I hate his guts. I hate his guts until he's wearing green, red, and gold, baby. I hate his guts until he does. Sorry, that's just how I roll. Mm, oh, he scored. It looked like the Wild had a, <laughs> looked like the Wild had a goal right after that, though. It was, like, amazing. So, yeah, that's basically the order. And then, unfortunately, that goal was disallowed because they said Zach Parisi's skate uh, kicked it in when it looked like a nice uh, rebound from Thomas Vanek. Again, Thomas Vanek and Parisi again working together. Nice to actually been a nice little combination of late. But unfortunately, that goal did not count. No, sir. No, sir. It, it was kicked in, or so it appeared to be. Most people on Twitter were saying it was the right call. Other people thought it wasn't. Me, well, I guess it was kicked in. I mean, whatever. Luckily, the Wild respond immediately, despite the fact St. Louis had been dominating the puck all night, and Thomas Vanek ultimately finishes on a shot by Charlie Coyle. Fontaine initially starting at Charlie Coyle, putting a shot on net, and Thomas Vanek finishing it. 17th goal of the season. 17 goals for Thomas Vanek now. It's starting to pile up, and it's nice to see. A lot of us that... Uh, Questioned Thomas Vanek for his effort and this and that. He looked pretty good tonight for the most part. He actually was winning puck battles. Thomas Vanek winning puck battles? Damn. <laughs> That's hard to believe. But he was. But he was. Oh, almost midway through the third period. You don't need a writer. Despite how many times the St. Louis Blues put him had two-on-ones, two three-on-ones, this or that, opportunities with the puck, centering passes, lost, or Devin Dubnik, and either they'd lose the puck, or Devin Dubnik would make an amazing save. But then there it goes. <laughs> Koivu, Spurgeon, Koivu, Niederreiter. Niederreiter with his 22nd goal of the season. 22 goals for Nino Niederreiter now. Would put the Wild up 2-1. to one. 
with less than seven minutes left in the game, and I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I mean, oh my god, the Wild are actually... <laughs> the Wild are actually winning in St. Louis with less than <laughs> with less than seven minutes remaining, about six and a half left. And then... <laughs> and then just seconds later, just seconds later, Tarasenko has the puck. He's trying to kind of, well, take the puck from behind the net. I don't know what he's doing back that far anyway, but, eh, well, whatever. He has the puck. He skates to the left. Braziak just takes it away from him and scores immediately. Kyle Braziak, again, a guy who's often maligned in this town for this and that. Bad plays here, bad play there, this or that. But the guy could be an absolute hero at the most awesome times. And that's why I appreciate Kyle Braziak. And he makes some great defensive plays. I've kind of always liked him, even though he's had his gaffes. And he's had much fewer gaffes the last several the last several weeks here. Ninth goal of the year, of course, unassisted because he's the only wild player that touched the puck in that instance. It was literally game over, 3-1 to one with, about, with about 6 minutes, 13 seconds left in the game. Pretty much game over. I mean... Yeah, you figure the Blues are going to come at the Wild and you never know because we've seen comebacks with very short time remaining <laughs> many times around. Even the Wild made it semi-interesting last time when the Avalanche were up 3 to nothing, but we still lost. St. Louis had opportunities, but they didn't finish. Dubnik got the job done. Brozziak was making stops. He was making nice blocks and all that stuff. I love Brozziak. I really do right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's definitely one of the true unsung heroes for this franchise. So many clutch goals at, at just shocking times when, oh, he's only got five goals in the year. Yeah, but like all of them are like game winners or game tires. <laughs> I mean, for goodness sakes. Appreciate what he does sometimes out there, guys. You gotta. You gotta. He's a great fourth-line center when, when uh, at the best times, it seems like. St. Louis couldn't score again. Dubnik did what he did. The Wild made the stops that they made, the blocks and such. 3-1, to one, and it's <laughs> for the first time in eight years, Jacques Lemaire was the coach back in 2007. The Minnesota Wild win in regulation in Scott, Tra- in Scott Trade Center. Absolutely fantastic. What a wonderful way to wrap up the review segment. <laughs> it's going to be probably longer than what the previous segment will be. Probably. I, I, I gotta think. Because there's only three games to preview. And I'll probably be a little bit uh, quicker with that. Just because. But this was a very detailed, interesting type of week. Uh, I, I gotta stay for the Wild. It sucks that they didn't... Uh, they ultimately did not win the... It sucks that they ultimately did not have a winning record this week. But hey, winning in St. Louis is a huge, huge... <laughs> Confidence builder for this team, without a doubt. So there it is. Let's pass out the awards. The Mike Madonna Award is absolutely going to Devin Dubnik. He kept the Wild in the games that we lost, and he saved the day in St. Louis. I mean, you lose to Anaheim, but you beat St. Louis on a back-to-back. And Devin Dubnik hasn't sat out a single night since he's entered Minnesota, since he's put on the jersey and put on that mask. He has been the goalie for the Minnesota Wild. Other than, well, yeah, like I said, when he got shelled against Detroit, like I've said many times in the past, when he was getting shelled against Detroit, Kemper came in and was admirable in that stint. But uh, other than that, he has started every single game for the Minnesota Wild since he has come here. So thank you again, Devin Dubnik. Absolutely Mike Madonna Award. And hey, Matt Dumba was all right this week. He was all right, but certainly not as good as he was last week. 
And then he had the, that double turnover that ended up giving up the game-winning goal to the Anaheim Ducks. I gotta give it to him. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Rookie mistake, whatever. But he's not really a rookie anymore. He's kind of a rookie still. <laughs> but yeah, two turnovers, two turnovers. Ugh, we ended up losing the game there. It didn't cost us the game because it was still the second period. But hey, it put Anaheim up 2-1. to one, And it unfortunately ended up being the game-winning goal. So there it is. The... Uh, what's his name? James Shepard. Yep, James Shepard, the forgettable James Shepard award will be going to Matt Dumba for this week. All right, let's preview next week right after this. You shop on Amazon. Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping, and Amazon sees that we referred you, and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com, and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. We are going back here on Brave the Wild. Segment number two, preview segment. Three games to preview. Let's hop right to it. Tuesday, March the 17th, Minnesota Wild head to Nashville, Tennessee, a team that's been struggling a bit. A team that's no longer in sole possession of first place in this division. They're tied with the St. Louis Blues. Okay, well, good for them, I suppose. 91 points apiece and the Wild beat the St. Louis Blues tonight. Cool. The Wild recently beat the Nashville Predators last week. Can the Wild continue... (laughs) <laughs> their success against these good teams. We're gonna have to play Nashville, Washington, and St. Louis this week. It's gonna be, uh, whew, it's gonna be quite a test against some talented, talented teams. Right now, Nashville Predators. Well, all the, all the usual suspects. Yeah, <laughs> on Yahoo right now, 100% of you out there are picking the Minnesota Wild to beat the Nashville Predators. That's a, that's pretty confident to be quite honest. The only guy who's out for the Nashville Predators is of a familiar name of Eric Nystrom. Yeah. You know, the same guy that played here a few years back, like a third-liner guy that we thought was quite a bit overpaid for what he was bringing. Yeah, that guy. Philip Forsberg, guys like that still leading the way. Mike Ribeiro, (laughs) Shea Shea Weber, all the same studs. Rene, Rene out there being one of the better goalies in hockey. Can the National Predators kind of shake off what they've been doing of late? Well, I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure what to make of this one. It's going to be a tough matchup. Without a doubt. Right now, uh, ooh. Mmm. Ah, ooh. This is Bridgestone Arena, by the way. I don't want to be overconfident. I don't want to be cocky or anything. But I will have the Wild beating the National Predators. They have been struggling. I think the Wild continue their, their success against the Predators. They've been scoring against them for the most part this year, despite the fact, uh, that Nashville has, well, you know, Nashville... 
as one of the better goalies in hockey. We've talked about that before. Remember, they scored five goals against Nashville back when both of their goalies sucked. You know, kind of similar to St. Louis. And then we lost three to one at home. That was the one time that Nashville's there that Rene utterly stopped the Wild. And then, of course, four goals against him last time around in Nashville. I think the Wild can win again. And we're going to... Boy, we're going to have to... This doesn't look like a very fair schedule. The Wild play... Well, they play the first two games at home and then three in a row in Nashville over the season series. Five games against your divisional opponent. I think the Wild win this one and even up the series. How about that? Again, I don't want to sound cocky at all. And uh, don't be surprised if I pick Nashville to win the season series in April 9th. Uh, ultimately, but that's a ways off. We'll see how things are going right now. Nashville sent the, or excuse me, the Wild sent the Predators in a six-game losing streak, to be quite honest. And I think the Wild had another loss to the to the St. Louis Blues, the Nashville Predators in this one. I think the Wild have a similar type of game. I think they win 3-2, to two, not 4-2, to but 3-2 to two in Nashville. It might take a shootout to get there, so it would be kind of like a fake 3-2, to two, but it's still a win, you know what I mean? <laughs> it may take a shootout to do it. Don't be surprised if that's the case, but I think the Wild do win the game. They get two points. Nashville gets either one point or zero points. And what will be quite a... Well, it'll be quite a game indeed by two very good goalies. I just think Dubnik will be a little bit better, and I think the Wild continue to score their timely goals. I'm very encouraged with that. Hopefully it's not a... And if the Wild only get one goal, they absolutely do not, do not win this game. <laughs> to be quite frank and quite blunt, per se. The Washington Capitals come to Excel Energy Center Thursday, March the 19th. I like the Wild against them, too, right now. Uh, I, I like, I love the way the Wild played against them a couple weeks ago. But then again, I don't really love it. Any, uh, ultimately, the Wild only scored two goals against Washington, but the fact we were able to win that game and shut down their offense in general. Uh, Ovechkin will be back this time, unfortunately, which will make things very tough. This might be a loss for the Wild, but I'm going to go with, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I do think they'll <laughs> go out on a limb. Yeah, basically, uh, Holdby was fantastic against the Wild last time around. Will he be the man in net again? Probably. I mean, he's a pretty good goalie. 32 and 18 on the year, 2.21 save for, uh, goal, goals against average save percentage, 92.37. That's right, seven shoutouts on the year for the Saskatchewan native, Lloyd Minster, Saskatchewan native to be exact. Really, uh, the, av- the Avalanche, the Col- yeah, they're kind of like the Avalanche of the East in, in some ways. How they've had a lot of scoring but don't always have success in the playoffs. Um, Holtby is a damn good goalie, though, unfortunately. <laughs> and, boy, he's a nice savior for that franchise right now. For a team with, that was that has a lot of offense, when you have a good goalie to go with that offense, could be a good team for a long time. We'll see how that turns out. They've lost two games in a row, though, to the Rangers and the Dallas Stars. And yet, they yeah, they crushed Buffalo 6-1 to a couple games back. The Wild, again, only one game against them. Only two goals against Holtby, but it was enough. Whew. Oh, man. I may pick the Wild in a... Well, I'm bouncing on this one. I will pick the Wild with a win again. 3-1. to one. I think the Wild win 3-1. to one. I think the that Dubnik is that good, and he's going to he's gonna keep the... <laughs> he might think I'm nuts, but I think he's going to keep the Washington 
Capitals to a 2-1 goal again, and the Wild managed to score three, maybe only two. I'll go two to one. I know it's kind of like repeating the last game, but I see a similar situation here with the two goalies kind of duking it out and Dubnik being that much better and the Wild being more clutch. Maybe it's a Brozdiak, a Niederreiter, somebody like that. It's going to be one of those type of guys that's going to score the goal. Don't be surprised if Thomas Vanek has at least one or two goals this week. Thomas Vanek will probably light the lamps again this week. That is another prediction I'm throwing in overall. That's how it goes. You got a wild win there, but then the St. Louis Blues come to town Saturday, March the 21st. You know, you'd like to pick the wild to win at home against the St. Louis Blues after beating them in Scott Trade Center. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I, I've been watching this team very, very closely <laughs> for a long time, and particularly the last couple of years against St. Louis. This just reeks of a loss. I'm gonna pick the St. Louis Blues three to two, three to one, three to two. I'll go three to two in this one. Maybe the Wild squeak a point out, but don't win the game. Possibly in overtime. But I think, <coughs> pardon me, the St. Louis Blues win the game. Unfortunately, the usual suspects. Uh, Elliott is a pretty good goalie. Yeah, yeah. No, he was actually six and zero, six zero and one against the Wild in his history. That's one of the reasons I always liked Elliott. I like him over here rather than on the uh, rather than there in St. Louis. But it's going to be somebody like Tarasenko. I got to think he's going to play better. I mean, he had a horrible game tonight. T- Tarasenko reeked of James Shepard Memorial for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, you know, at, at least for tonight's game. Backus is what he is. He's going to be a pain in the butt. TJ Oshie's, you know, both of them were just making asses of themselves tonight, and it drove us crazy. Oshie was punching Dumba and all that stuff, and Dumba was simply trying to get him out there. Yes, he was being physical, but he was getting him out of the net. He was in the net. Like, get the hell out of here. And then, which is, you know, which is part of the game. And then Oshie started punching him in the back of the head. That's, that's classy. Sure is. I can't stand the uh, St. Louis Blues, if you hadn't noticed. I mean, I've never, ever liked the Blues. Never liked the Blues. I don't like their fans either, to be quite frank. They're always pissy. They're always mean. They're always arrogant. But guess what? You're still Stanley... You still have as many Stanley Cups as us, so get off your high horse, assholes. That's what I gotta say about the Blues and their fan base, to be quite frank. Only Jokinen was acquired during the trade, but he hasn't been available. Uh-oh. At least not lately. But again, I do think the Blues win. I, I just know the history, unfortunately. Probably be Brian Elliott. It probably won't be Allen, but if it's Allen, whatever. I still think the Blues win. They, they always win in Excel Energy Center. I mean, they, they always do. It'll be something like a shootout or something. I mean, I, it's going to be like possibly like back in November, but a 3-2 to two victory for the St. Louis Blues, unfortunately. And again, like I said, Tarasenko is going to be better this time around. Watch out. Don't be surprised if he scores one or two goals against Devin Dubnik coming up um, next week, next Saturday, unfortunately. I really hope I'm wrong in the wild sweep this thing here. But, I mean, they, they might lose one game and maybe it's not St. Louis. Maybe it's Washington. Maybe it's the National Predators. Who knows? I'm usually right that uh, about the record, but wrong about the defense. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened sometimes, but again, I just know the Wilds' history against St. Louis, and I'm not biting right now, and I'm not going to go on no 3-0 and record this week. I can't do that. I mean, they had a 500 week this week. They took a little, teeny little step back, but they're still showing they're extremely competitive by going 1-1 one and one against the two best teams in the Western Conference right now. So, props to the Minnesota Wild in that sense, without a doubt. 
There are those. Those are your previews. Pardon me. I'm bouncing all over the place here. Sound like a crazy person, don't I? <laughs> Dare I check in on the Iowa Wild just ever so briefly? Do I have to? Yeah, I will. Tyler Grayovac has not scored a point in well the past two shows. Not sure what's going on there. Still with 40 points, 58 games played on the season overall. Again, let's see if the let's check the Jared Knight watch. Did he score anything? This past week, Jared Knight, the best player ever? Nope. 38 points on the season. Only 38 games on the season. Still only 4 points. And again, this guy was a first-round pick. First-round pick for the Boston Bruins a couple of years back. First-round pick. No, second-round pick. Pardon me. A early second-round pick. Only 4 points in the AHL in almost 30 games. That is flat-out pathetic. Hopefully, somehow, some way, he maybe he could be another Nito Nita rider because he had numbers like that for the New York Islanders in the past. Maybe he'll come through, but as of right now, this year it looks like an absolute lost season for our for our top prospect down there in the, in Iowa. He's he's the top Iowa prospect, but then again, really, it's Tyler Gryovac, even though he was a seventh round pick a couple of years back in 2011. That is a good pick. I, I'm looking forward to possibly seeing him on the fourth line at some point. If Eric Halla moves up, maybe we lose someone via free agency or injury. Don't be surprised if Griova comes up if there is an injury to a Braziak, a Koivu, or something, or Halla. But again, knock on wood, none of those guys get hurt because I'd rather have them up here than Grayovac at this stage, particularly heading into April and into ultimately the Stanley Cup playoffs, which the Wild will be participants in. Ultimately, <laughs> those were the uh, prospects really of note. Brett Balmer, I've given up on him. He's just a guy that scores once in a while and beats somebody up once in a while. I really don't care about him anymore. Brett Sutter has actually been fairly solid, but he's still kind of a third, fourth line type of guy when he's in the NHL. And he's been solid down there in Iowa, but not really majorly standing out. And the rest of the guys are more of the minor league uh, type of players, to be quite honest. Foline has been a healthy scratch this week with the uh, return of Jared Spurgeon. And, of course, uh, Scandella still unavailable for the Minnesota Wild the, the past week or, or, or two, unfortunately, with that injury. Uh, so we'll see where things go with yet another injury. He's, you know, the Spurgeon, Scandella, they miss games with this and that, unfortunately. And Brodine had a concussion earlier in the year. Ugh, let's just hope we don't have concussion junction all over again. That would be quite nice. On that note, let's again, yeah, no concussion junction. <laughs> On that note, let's look to wrap up this show and hope for a nice positive week for the Wild. I do think they get at uh, four, at, at least four. Yeah, I do think the Wild get four out of a possible six points, maybe five, depending on the such. Anything less than that would be kind of a bummer, but mm, don't be too surprised because these are all extremely good teams coming into Excel Energy Center and, of course, visiting the National Predators over there. Yes, sir. Hopefully the Predators don't get things right before that game. Let's hope the Wild, hopefully they get things right after that game. Not before or during, <laughs> to be quite frank. I would be absolutely freaking thrilled if the Wild won all three games this week. Because if they do, it's like they are a foregone conclusion. They are making the playoffs. And, boy, it's going to be interesting to see just how good they ultimately can be. We shall see. All right, with that, let's wrap it up. Go Wild. Keep up the good work. Rock on.